Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Father, we thank you for this night, and I'm just grateful to be in in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm grateful to be with friends. I'm grateful to be with brothers and sisters in Christ. And really what I'm asking tonight is, is for the grace of God to communicate this man named Jesus. Lord, I uh, surrender myself to all that you would want to share. Lord, I've made my plans. I've made my preparations. But I pray that what would uh, be spoken tonight would be on your heart. And uh, touch us as we... Go into your word and talk about the greatest subject in the whole universe, which is the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ. Uh, Give us insight, Lord. Uh, Holy Spirit, move on our hearts right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Well, again, I'm sorry I don't have physical notes. You'll just bear with me. Um, I'm going to go use my tablet. But this is a continuation from last week's message. Last week, there was just a couple of us I felt impressed upon from the Lord. Uh, Curtis was here and Joe, Hannah was here. Uh, I felt impressed upon uh, to give a warning. Uh, I've never done this in all of my days of ministry. I felt uh, impressed upon my heart to give a warning related to uh, the false prophecies and the lies and conspiracies that we have seen just escalate at a level that I don't know if I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I've been a believer for 20 years plus. I've been in the prophetic and prayer movement most of that time. And I don't think there has been a season that I can recall where there was this amount of prophetic mixed with social media and access to information. It just all kind of snowballed together and so much of it was wrong and wrong-spirited. And everybody that I, I mean, almost nearly every prophetic voice I heard of was saying, Trump's going to be reelected and don't pay attention to COVID because it's going away after a week or two and the Lord's going to break in. And there was so much wrong stuff and it's continuing to be shared that uh, I felt a strong check in my heart to to just put out there uh, what I thought was from the Lord. So listen to that, go through the notes if you haven't heard that. And it is, I mean, I, I don't try to be, you know, overly intense for the, the, you know, just for effect, but I think it is, it's a weighty word and I think it's what is on his heart for our community and for ever, whoever, you know, wants to uh, tune into it. But uh, this is kind of the, <laughs> this is the follow-up. And um, because here's the thing, whenever God's trying to get our attention and kind of adjust something in our life, 
he ultimately says, just look at me. Look at Jesus, because if we see him more clearly, that's when things begin to clarify in our own heart. And so the answer is never ultimately a method or a a new movement. Uh, That's not what I preach. I'm not preaching a new method, hey, let's do this whole, or a new movement, let's start something new. The answer is always the man, Christ Jesus. We don't need a new thing. I mean, we don't need to start a new thing. We need to see him more clearly. We need uh, to look at Jesus in Scripture and say, show me what you're like. I see what you're trying to get at in my life and in, you know, the church, and I see where you're putting your finger on, but, but how do we move forward? And he says, you got to look at me. You got to look at Christ and see me a bit more clearly, or you're going you're gonna to miss it. Because here's the thing, Christianity ultimately is not try hard to not sin or work really hard to look virtuous. Christianity is a relationship with a real man, a real person. He, he's, not a, he's not like, a, like a, a, a story that we tell kids to get them to behave. This man walked the earth 2,000 years ago, and he's going to walk the earth again. And we're going to be able to reach out and touch his skin, just, and he'll be able to, well, actually probably hug. That'd be weird if we did that. But this, as real as I am and you are, that's how real Jesus is. I mean, he's, he's up in heaven right now, up above the clouds, but there's coming a day where he'll come back. And he is a certain way. God is a certain way. He has a value system. He prefers certain things over other things. And, and one of the things we're going to look at tonight, there's two things. He is so intensely true. There's no lie in this man. There is just blazing hot truth, not a conspiracy, not a lie, no falsehood, nothing of that nature enters this man for a second. He is a, just a, a fierce sword of truth, and there is no way around that. There's, there's just no lie in this man. There's no, uh, I mean, certainly the, he, he, I don't think he's uh, so uptight that he can't joke around, you know what I mean? I, don't, I think he messes around with us and things like that, but this, he's never going to be like, you know, the stuff we're hearing, the, you know, false prophetic or lies or conspiracies, never going to use that to, uh, you know, communicate with us. And so, you know, when I see all these uh, prophetic words saying, okay, Trump's still going to be president or, uh, you know, something about the coronavirus, when these don't come true, they're just clearly not from him. Because he wouldn't ever do, he wouldn't ever use uh, a, a mistruth or a partial truth or misinformation or lies. He'd never spin that to reach us. It's either uh, the truth or nothing with him. Does that make sense? And so we're going to look at two facets of what he's like out of John one fourteen. Sorry, that was a really long-winded introduction. I'm really going to just touch on one verse tonight, and that's John one fourteen. John 1.14, this one of those phrases that you just kind of gloss over as you're skimming through John 1. John begins his gospel 
essentially saying this Jesus that we believe in is the eternal word of God. He's, he's uncreated. He's never not existed. And so he's laying out some really intense theological content. And he gets, you know, bit way down chapter 1. And he says, in the word, which he's talking about Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelled among us. The eternal word that's never been created, that's always existed, came into the world. And that's what we talk about at Christmas. He was born of the Virgin Mary. I mean, this is what Christians believe. This is Orthodox Christian belief. We believe God himself was incarnated and became a baby and grew to be about 33 years old and then was crucified. That's what we as the church, the church historically, that's Orthodox faith. I mean, but can you wrap your mind around that? We we actually believe the God who's never been created, he's been there for eternity, went inside a, a woman's womb went through the nine months of that whole process, and then was born, and there's God. What? That's just, but but that's how it happened. He grows, he's a boy, then he's a teenager, then he's a young man. John's saying, this is, this person, you know, this Jesus that we're talking about, that's him. John says, he dwelt among us, We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And then he tags this on. He says, by the way, he's full of grace and truth. Now, I haven't studied this extensively. I've done a little bit. I think the only two times in the Gospels that we get this phrase is is twice in John 1. John says, this man, this eternal word that is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, he is full of grace and he's full of truth. Again, you look at that and you're like, oh, that's a neat little thing that I don't really know what that means. So going on to verse 15 and 16, and I think we gloss over that. But what John's trying to say here is significant. In fact, it's got a lot of meaning. He's talking about a theological reality that I don't think we can truly fully appreciate because, you know, there are, there are immense realities that, that are, you know, big. <laughs> and he hits on two of them. One of them is grace and one of them is truth. And Jesus not only had understanding of both, he entered into the fullness of both. And so when we as Christians throw around phrases like, yeah, I need more grace on my life, or uh, I want to learn the truth, these are two subjects or two realities that Jesus was filled with to the utmost. I mean, he entered in at a level that, you know, would make Paul look like he was still in preschool or, you know, some of the great spiritual fathers of church history they, they would, you know, he'd walk circles around these people because he was operating at a level that is just so beyond. I mean, imagine talking to a man, a lie has never entered in his mind. A lie has never taken root one time. Or he's never not been in a spirit of grace. I mean, it's just incredible to think about all the, all the, the, the meanings of that phrase. 
So I have here an analogy. Think of grace and think of truth as, as like each one or like Mount Everest. Jesus summited the Mount Everest of the reality of grace and he summited the reality of the Mount Everest of truth and he has fully eclipsed. He's at the top of it and he exists and he lives and he ministers. Everything he does is from the vantage point of that. Another analogy I have written down, it's, it's, it's if, if someone were to can completely like just I have written here the Atlantic Ocean but just picture any ocean imagine someone was able to fully explore the entire ocean every fish every uh, the full depth of the entire ocean is as crazy as that sounds that's what Jesus did when it comes to I'm just trying to give a picture or an analogy of how vast this is. That's how Jesus like fully immersed himself in each of these. And so when he is ministering or when he's teaching or when he's just interacting with people, people don't know it, but this man is as deep as the ocean. He's summited the Mount Everest. I mean, two of them like on top of each other and two oceans deep. I mean, this, I just don't know if you have words to fully appreciate this man, but he's gone there. And so Jesus, I mean, we know this intuitively. We know Jesus is the eminent example of spiritual maturity. He's God. But we need to begin to wrestle with just how deep he went, just how filled with the spirit he was, just how much he had. And people will say, well, of course, he's God. But what I would say to that is, is no, he's also man. He touched things as a man. It wasn't just uh, that he's God and so, of course, no. He laid down certain divine rights and he entered into the human experience just like we experience. And so as a man, he entered into these realities. It wasn't just like, of course, he's God. No, he had to pray. He had to fast. He had to make life choices like we do. And man, he went deep in a short amount of time. I love that verse in, uh, I forget exactly the verse, but it says when he was a young boy, when he was in the temple, you remember that? When his parents left and they thought he was in the company and then he wasn't, so they go back and it says, there's this little snippet. It says, the people who are listening to him as he was interacting with the, you know, the smart people of his day, they were astonished at the things he understood and the questions he asked as a little boy. So imagine at like 12, how deep he was. And then for the next 20 years, he just kept going deeper. He, he got deep, real deep. So Christ, he excels at the highest possible magnitude of these theological realities of grace and truth. I mean, he, he knew the truth and he was the truth. I just don't know if we can even appreciate this. He, he knew how to extend grace, but he was grace. He is grace. I, I don't know if that connects, but just trying to help it a little bit. And so he, he lived in truth. 
he told the truth. He lived in grace, he gave grace. He was truth-oriented, he was grace-saturated. Truth-living, truth-telling, grace-living, grace-giving, that's who he is to the core. Why do I bring this up? Because we really often have two camps in the body of Christ. We have people who are into truth, and I'm just going to set them straight because this is what the Bible says, and you need to believe that. And then over here is the grace camp. Well, yeah, that's good, but we need relationship with people, and we need to love covers a multitude of sins, and we got to interact with kindness, and let's not throw stones because, you know, that reaches people. And Jesus says, I am both of those realities, and that's the way forward. You know, we, we do like to pick our sides. And we like to say, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of this guy, I'm of that, I'm into that stream. Jesus just says, look, go with me. Go with what I am. And don't cut me in half, says the Lord. I am truth and I am grace. And I don't diminish either one of them because that's who I am. And so, you know, we look at some passages and we see Jesus railing against the Pharisees. Clearly, he's telling the truth. But then we see him over here with the adulteress. And he says, I don't condemn you. Just don't do that. Keep, you know, I love you. Keep going. But don't, don't do that sin anymore. And that's, whoa, that was way, I thought you were going to throw a stone or something, Jesus. That, did you have to diminish the truth there to be gracious? No, no. That was the truth. That was grace, that interaction. And over here with the Pharisees, that was grace and that was truth. We have a hard time of holding things in tension. It's easy to just pick sides. Well, I'm into grace. I don't really, I'm not really into the Bible. I just want to love people. Well, that's not Jesus. Well, I just need to set people straight and people just need to know the truth. Well, people are getting hurt by you back here. Well, it, it, here's the thing, guys. We have to look at Jesus, who is full of grace and truth. What I'm ultimately trying to say tonight is we need to be both, because he's both. And so we, we want to be into the truth of the word, but we want to be into the grace of God. That's what Jesus is like. Some people have this picture of Jesus like he's just angry, and he's just going to spit Bible verses at us until we get right. That's not what he's like. But then some people are a little too fluffy over here and, well, Jesus just loves me. He doesn't care how I live. Well, that's not Jesus either. That's convenient to think those things. It's easier. But what I found is hard is to embrace the tension of what he's really like. He never suspends truth to be gracious to us and he never suspends grace to get the truth to us. He wants us to be full of both. And so understand that you can know the Bible well and be mean and hurt people. And understand that you can be loving and kind to people, but not actually help them because you're not pointing them to truth. We have to hold both of these realities. Again, Jesus went on top of both mountains. He searched to the depths of both oceans, and he's like, I'm full of both. And so I know how to reach people, and he did very well. And, and here's the thing. He did not change. 2,000 years ago, he was like that. And today, he's the same. Okay? What, what am I doing tonight? I'm just trying to present 
the man Christ Jesus. Again, not a method, not a new movement, not a new thing to do. Just look at him. Appreciate that this is what he's like. When you want him to just kind of be only this fluffy kind of pillowy person that doesn't ever tell us we're wrong, you're in error. But when you want him to be just this fierce, oh, you're just so off all the time. Well, he's not really that either. He's honest and he's gracious. He's truthful and he's compassionate. He's grace and he's truth. He's both. Am I connecting? Here's the thing. We have all of these... um, Well, going back to last week's message, I addressed the errant stuff that's going on that I see in the body. We have to be truthful about it, but we cannot lack grace. I mean, you just go on Facebook and you're just like, what? That's not what you're saying is true, but it's in a spirit of hatred. You're no longer in the spirit of Christ. Like, I just don't think Jesus would be on Twitter railing against people. I just don't see him doing that. I I see him appealing to people. I see him getting intense every once in a while. But friends, let's do both. Let's be like Jesus. Excuse me. I'm blitzing through my uh, notes here pretty quick. Okay. How long have I gone? Is that about a half hour? I think it is. Okay. Keep me accountable there, young lady. So here's the thing. I think what we need right now, and you might not think of yourself as a leader, but even if one or two people follow you on Facebook and watch your spiritual posts or listen to your messages, you're a leader. We all lead in some capacity. You don't have to be leading stadiums to you know, be a leader. We need Christ-like leadership right now. People who can be honest and truthful, but not at the expense of being grace-filled and loving. It's weird how we just pick sometimes. It's both, gang. You know what I mean? Like we're, some people really believe that, oh, if the world would just love it, each other. Well, where's Jesus in, in that? Is, are you talking about Jesus or are you talking about just love? <laughs> because ultimately, people need Jesus. That's true. That's real. He is the only way to the Father. He's the only way to eternal life. And anyone that does not surrender their life to him, they've made a choice to go to hell. That's biblical truth. We can't, we cannot get around that, but also we gotta, we, we, we gotta be kind to people. Love is patient. Love is kind. We have to interact. I mean, I look at all the interactions in the new, in the uh, gospels and, and it's funny because people who are truth oriented, they focus on the Jesus rebuking Pharisees and rebuking Peter. Well, that was a few stories, but what about the time where he restored the lady caught in the act of adultery and where he hung out with kids and prayed for them and, you know, where he got with his guys and they sang a hymn and there's just so many things. He's not just one verse or half of that over there. He is the whole thing. I know I'm essentially repeating myself continually tonight, but you get the picture. We need leadership 
that upholds both. So don't be afraid to be truthful and honest and to share the word, but always uh, do it respectfully, do it with compassion, be kind, don't get argumentative, and all the, see, just get out of that. Man, can you imagine if you're, just try to think of yourself, maybe you're, you're on the fence and I don't really believe, but I want to, and then a Christian yells at you on Facebook, you're going to get converted? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, what? I, I just think, what are we doing? And I get it, we're all, we're all prone to sin, we're all dark, we're, we all have issues, but we've got to remember, it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the grace of God, the, grace is the only reason we're saved. I mean, it, it's very clear throughout the New Testament that it's not something we worked up and deserved No, God looked at us and said, you can't save yourself, so I'm going to help you. I'm going to come near to you. Paul says it's by grace that you're saved, not by works, so that you won't boast. It's a free gift. You did not, you could not have earned it. There's nothing you could have done. You could have been, you just can't. So we've got to be like that to people. It was, the, it was the kindness of God that led you to repentance. It may be your kindness to others that motivates them to know Jesus. So my appeal tonight is let's purpose to see Jesus more clearly. I don't mean imagining him in our mind. I mean, you can do that if you want. Maybe he has a nice beard in your imagination. I don't, you know, whatever. But I'm talking about go to the word Go to the Word and just read the, read the Gospels. Read the Gospel of John and just let those words speak to your heart and let Him reveal Himself to you. That was when Paul prayed in Ephesians 1.18 about the eyes of our heart being illuminated. That's what he's talking about. He's like, Lord, open the eyes of the church to see Jesus more clearly because as we do... Uh, I have a verse written in the introduction I forgot to share, but it's, uh, I believe it's 2 Corinthians 3.18. As we, uh, at, like looking in a mirror, as we behold the glory of the Lord, we're transformed. When we, when we look at Him through the, the mirror of Scripture or the lens of Scripture, we, we learn things about Him. The eyes of our heart are illuminated, and we're transformed a little bit. We change a little bit. It's slow, but it's real. One quick thing I'll add to that, don't be discouraged by the fact that it's taking a while for you to change because change happens slowly. I mean, going from unchristlike to Christ-like, it's just a lifelong journey and we have many setbacks and we have, you know, we take two steps forward, three back, four forward, two back, one forward, one back, you know, it's like, but it's like the stock market, it's kind of, you know, but eventually you're like more like Jesus 30 years in and you're like, how did that happen? And it's by the grace of God. But we, we partner with it, we study the word, we make decisions in life that are in agreement with his revealed will as written in scripture and things like that, but we do change. So let's continue to keep our focus 
You know, I came, I, I shared a pretty heavy word I thought last week, and I just really felt like, man, I, I got to follow up with, we can't just be against false prophecy, or we can't just be, you know, we can't just, we, we really just need to focus on Jesus. If the church focuses on Jesus, for, I mean, more than anything, we're healthy. Once we begin to focus on other things that are less important, we, we just lose our, our light and our brightness. At the end of the day, you know, I'm trying to run a ministry and a lot of people are trying to run churches and make things work. But at the end of the day, really, we're here to point people to that man. We're here to make disciples, not of ourselves, not of our thing, not of what we think works, but of the man Christ Jesus. I would love for people to get involved in the church. I would love for people to get involved in house of prayer. I would love for, you know, all these things. I'd love for things to work better, but ultimately I have to set that aside sometimes. And really, why do I exist? I exist to know and love God and help others get to that same place. Jesus is full of grace. He's full of truth. And let's let him make us those types of people as well. Amen. Amen. I'll end right there. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that it would continue to bear fruit in the next days and weeks. And, uh, and we just thank you for this time together. Amen. Amen. I want to just take one or two minutes if there are any questions. I like to do uh, follow-up questions sometimes. And so if I can help answer anything, I will do that briefly. And then we'll just end right after a couple questions if there are any. If you got to get going, go ahead. We'll do this for maybe, maybe 10 minutes max. Any questions? And there, there doesn't have to be any. Curtis will get on you if you don't have a question. What were some of the leader qualities that you're, what was, what were you saying about that again? What were some of the leader qualities when I was talking about leadership? Yeah. Um, well, I, check out my notes. I got a paragraph on that. Okay. But um, really my ultimate point was let's communicate, like never back down on being truthful, speaking the truth of the Bible but in a spirit of charity, gentleness, grace, things like that. So I'm just, I want to be that kind of leader and I want to help raise up those kinds of leaders, people who do both. You know what I mean? I don't want to be right with a mean spirit. That's not Jesus. And I don't want to be wrong with a kind spirit. You know, he's both. He's both true and grace. So that's kind of, you know, I think as we mature, we're, we're becoming like him, right? And that's what he's like. It's like, it's, it's the, the same principle is he's humble. So if we're seeing him rightly, we're becoming more humble. And so if, if in 30 years I'm more arrogant than ever before, it's like, well, did I really even see him? Did I know him that well? And so I, I would say uh, pray into those two. And then, and like I said, on the notes, there's a, there's a little bit more there too. Hopefully that helped. Ms. Hannah, I have a question. go ahead. Okay. I think it's because a lot of the people I know who would really need Jesus in their life, mm-hmm. um, I think some people would say it would be throwing pearls before swine. Mm. Because these are people who would like mock, make fun of 
people who even think God exists, even think that you think spiritual is real, it's mm. science only kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So how would you address having truth <clears throat> and grace in those kind of conversations? Mm. You make a great point. Well, I think, first of all, you make a great point. There's, our personality kind of moves us one direction or the other automatically. And so, like, I... Well, yes, that's great point. Like, I'm more on the truth spectrum. My wife's more on the grace, you know, and that's not even really a great way to say it, but it's just... Our, our personality does predispose us to one or the other because they are kind of opposite. And so you just notice your tendency. You showing grace to people, you're, you're preaching a gospel to them that is so powerful, just being kind. And they may actually be thinking of things and not even showing it. But just notice your tendency is to always be there. And, and, and so you'll notice, I should have said something there. I feel... And just kind of try to, you know, it's not natural maybe sometimes, but you just kind of work on kind of bending the other direction a little bit because there are times where you just have to be like, well, I heard what you were saying and, you know, but have you ever considered this? I forget what letter it was, but it was the verse about, you know, always be prepared to share, um, but do it with gentleness and respect. So kind of have a little bit of readiness always because you don't want to be the annoying person that's always Bible-thumping people. But it's like if you're kind and gracious and kind and gracious, then sometimes something opens up and then you can slip in a little bit of truth. So I would just say, you know, take that step of faith at times to share. And if you have been consistently kind and gracious and patient you have a lot of, you have a platform there to really, you know, and here's what I've noticed. People that are on kind of the grace spectrum, they're like, I don't want to hurt people. And I think that thing just, no, but they needed to hear that. And it wasn't as mean as you thought, because you're way over here. You're thinking over here and they received that like that. That was good. You know, so just some things to consider there. So do, so do you know, you, you'll feel sometimes you're to share things and you might hesitate a little bit. I would just go ahead and, you know, something to consider. Maybe you could even write a note or, you know, there's all kinds of way to communicate truth. But at the end of the day, if we truly love people, why would we not share with them an inconvenient truth that may set them free and cause them to get saved? It's tricky because, you know, it can be family can be tricky or friends or coworkers. What if they reject me and I sit by them, you know, every day? But there's times, you know, I've got a lot of stories, but there's times where if you just do it humbly, as best as you know, it's usually received pretty well. And then you just let it alone for a while. I remember one time the, the Lord uh, impressed upon me to give someone a word of knowledge. When I, this is when I worked at CAT. And it was a really intense word, uh, you know, about their marriage and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not sharing that. And he's like, boy, yeah, you will. You know, I kept feeling that. And I kept putting out all these like, okay, if there's no one in the office and this happens and this happens, then I'll do it. And it all happened. And then it was just me and him. And, and I ended up uh, sharing it. And I think it brought us closer together. And, you know, to this day, I'm so glad I, I, I shared it. But it was a really, I was like, Hey, I think, you know, sometimes I'm like this, I'm a Christian and I I think I hear from God and, you know, and he, 
You know, it was just the weirdest moment, but I finally spit it out and it did something. And I may never know what it did, but I did it, you know. So try, you'll fumble and bumble, but you just try, you know, to share it. And it may be a prophetic word. It may be a verse. I, you just, even a verse, you just, hey, I just felt like I should give this to you today. They could just start bawling. It might be exactly what they need, you know. So just, there you go. Just, just pray about it. But it's both, you know. The truth people are always thinking, well, if they just knew the Bible better, and the Lord's like, you need to give them a hug. <laughs> and the hug people are like, just, you know, I could never say the truth to them. And, you know, and Jesus is like, give them a Bible verse. So it's, by the way, he created our personality. It's beautiful to him. He, he just wants us to kind of, you know, grow in both. Curtis, real quick. I had two questions. I'll charge you for that second one. <laughs> how do you know when to be a sheep and how do you know when to be a lion? Oh, that's a great question. When you find out, write the book. And then when you get rich, remember me. <laughs> yeah, I do. When, do you, when are you humble and listen? When, when do you step out and share boldly? Bro, I Like I feel like I'm a mixture of both. Like I try my best to be humble. Yeah. But at the same time, I say, you know, I speak so in my mind, I feel like most of non-believers is hard to rebuke them. So that's why I'm like, how do you know when to be aligned in that situation? Say, hey, man, like that's not right, or this mm-hmm. is man, that's being in the Salvation Army. I deal with that because like mm-hmm. I'm around constantly non-believers, and I have to humble myself. I'm basically non-confrontational, ninety-five percent. There's times I fall short. Mm-hmm. And I either lose my testimony, and there's times where I rebuke it. Bro. Yeah. Curtis, I think it's one of those things. Did you want to answer that? Did you? Okay. Go ahead. Amen. He knows the ins and the out, and he can use that against you. Yep. So unless you know the true and the out of the truth that you want to speak, is it possible that we shouldn't speak that mm. truth without the grace that we have behind it? Amen. If we don't have the grace to go with the truth that we're speaking, maybe mm. we shouldn't speak that, mm. and we should be humble. Wow. But if we know how to show the grace through that truth, maybe that's when we should... That's insight. That's insightful. Bro, I think that might have answered your question, Curtis. I think... If you don't have grace, you know in your heart, I'm so angry right now. Hold, use restraint. But, and also when it's like uh, you have grace in your heart and you know you should say something, then I would say it. You know what I mean? I think you just be cognizant in that situation, what's going on in your own heart. Be a little bit self-aware. 
and then just trust the Lord. I mean, you're figuring this out in real time. You, you, I think you've got a pretty good grasp of what to do, but you just, I think, err toward the side of restraint. And then, you know, if it's, you know, you need to speak up, you'll kind of learn in those situations, well, I should have actually said something, but don't, don't, you know, I would just caution you to be more restrained as much as you can, but then speak with kindness. Because the Bible does say when we speak with gentleness, that, that the, there's that verse that says if you speak with gentleness, it breaks a bone. So if you lash out, it might not even help. But if you are gentle, it could really do something powerful in that person. But then there, you know, I'm talking, if you get into a crazy situation where you're breaking up a fight, there's no real, <laughs> yeah, there's just so many weird things that can happen. But you yeah, just. I feel that instant this one guy disrespected me, this right. older gentleman disrespected me, he said, son of well, and everybody, and everybody lashed out on him because they're like, right. yo, this dude's the most humblest person in there. While you're coming in, they always just tell me, like, and then they start fussing at me, like, right. dude, you need to start speaking up for yourself. Mm. So what I did was, he apologized and I said, you good? Because I remember God, God was ministering at that moment, he said, Curtis, because I literally had to go talk to another staff there who's a believer, and I was okay. like, yo, like, did I do the right thing? You know, because part of being a Christian, the Bible says, if you don't love on those who don't love you, what more do you love with somebody who only respects you? Mm. So that that's the first thought that came to my mind, is to give this man grace. So what I did was for lunch, and they bashed me for it, but I, I walked him a tray because he's also an elderly person. So I walked him a tray, and I was like, here. And he apologized to me again. I was like, you fine, man. Bro, that, I think that was the right thing to do. Because you're always going to get bashed. You know, just because they said that doesn't, I mean, you were like Jesus there. So don't worry about what the crowd says. There's always going to be that, you know, noise. Don't pay attention to the noise. You just, you did the right thing. Okay. And that's, and that's, and that's why I was trying to get, get some insight. Because, like, I'm trying to be more humble. But at the same time, I feel like what I'm struggling is not a more of a sheep instead of a lion. Right. Yeah, I think over time you'll get more and more of a sense of when to do it. You know, I think you just set your heart to be pretty humble. And then there's times where you're like, yeah, I got to say something there. You know, like that dude yelled at my kids and they shouldn't have. So I got to say something. You know, there's just unfortunate things in life where you got to set boundaries and it's not always real nice, but you'll figure it out. Right. That's why I asked this question. I speak on mommy have what I struggle with as being a Christian. Right. Like, for me, a lot of people tell me that I lack boundary restraint. Okay. Not the boundaries where you, but more or less, like, I tend to, like you said, don't really speak up when I should. Okay. Because I try to be more passive, which means, okay, he didn't mean it, let it go, instead of saying, hey, but lately, lately, I give more grace instead of correcting the issue pretty much. And that's a problem that I've been struggling with for the longest because I've been more of a sheep instead of balancing out that line. I think part of it is because for the longest I used to struggle with anger management problems uh-huh. and I used to have to be a grizzly bear my whole entire life. Like I told you that. <laughs> that would be a good book, Curtis. Sheep, Lion, and Grizzly Bear. Maybe something to think about. I get your heart, bro. We'll talk more. Okay. But uh, good questions, everybody. We'll end right there. Give someone a high air five maybe 
COVID, yeah, elbow, there you go. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. If you're still on Facebook, we love you. We bless you. We'll do this again next week. And for those in the room, I'll see you uh, right now. (laughs) Have a good night. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org slash teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org slash donate. That's gphop.org slash donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.